that summer games done quick the past week. Okay, the, all they were talking about were frames and shit. Do you know what frame of super high sci-fi we're on? No. 26? Oh, exactly right. There you go. Cool. The Are reason, we started? Yeah, we started. The reason Justin oh. got it right is because we're actually re-recording what we tried to record last week, which was destroyed horribly through some sort of digital fuck-up, and now it's just a bunch of squealy noises. So we're going to give this second round. Try number two. Sounds good. So... What are we discussing for the very first time? Do you want to start with Terminator? No, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Terminator Genesis is on the brain. Do you want to start with Total Recall 1990 or bad Total Recall 2012? Uh, I don't think you can really discuss 2012 Total Recall without discussing the first one because it's a shot-for-shot shot remake in some parts. So and This was the first time I saw it, and I'm really thankful you told me to actually watch the 81 first because otherwise we've been really fucking lost because yes if i watched the other one first it would have just been a hot mess of shit trying to figure that out i'm glad it worked out for you yeah right way to watch it definitely is to watch the 1991 first and then just not watch anything else personally but well if you are going to watch both then maybe kind of watch the 2012 one a little bit out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. While you're doing something else. Smoking. Doing anything. Yard work outside. Watch it through the window. Yeah. I think that's a good way to experience the movie. <laughs> Around your pit boy. <laughs> Watch it through the window on your lawnmower. Yeah. Just catch a frame every, you know, time you go around the house. You won't miss anything. No, you won't. But if you did that on 1990 version, you would miss a lot. Yes. Because it's better. Yes, it is. So let's talk about the 1990 version with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Ironside and Ronnie Cox and, I don't know, nervous, sweaty guy who was Mr. Cole Rami on Star Trek The Next Generation. Sure. There's just a lot of people in this movie that show up in other places. Uh, okay. I mean, come on. There's a lot of them in there. I'm trying to remember who else. Who was... Um... Well, there's like a lot of people, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger and everything, but there's a lot of people in the background, like uh, Messed Up Face Guy is Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. Oh, and was he in the uh, the bar with the three-titted chick? Yes, yes. And okay. She was, I think, Chandler Bing's annoying girlfriend on Friends who had the weird laugh everybody hated. Oh, that they had around for just a few episodes and they're like, yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot... There's a, People you see in other movies like Ronald Schwarzenegger and Ronnie Cox and whatever, but then there's a lot of people you see in things years and years later, and they're all all in Total Recall. And there's a midget who fires a machine gun who's also a hooker. Which, you know, is, is probably indicative of the quality of the movie right away. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole fact of having a hooker that shoots a machine gun like that is just like one aspect. Showing that it like it doesn't take itself seriously, which is a good thing. But she stabbed some guy with a combat knife too. Did she? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um must is Mr. Richter's bitch there, the guy with the the spiky white hair who has the video tracker thing for the, the Yeah, that guy there. he gets a he gets a knife in the gut from the midget hooker. Okay. Mars seems like part. a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah, she runs at him and goes like, <laughs> right in the right in the chest. Yeah, except for the whole creepy psychic thing and the the cheapo tents or whatever they call the domes. What what do they call them in the movie? The domes. Was it the domes? The cheap domes that the, like, yeah. made people psychic from the radiation for some reason yes. and not kill them. I'm assuming that some of them died. Yeah, maybe. Apparently the kids get like psychic powers inherited, you know, whatever. Really useless psychic powers though. <laughs> Isn't that one girl like tell Arnold like it's his birthday or something or like he's gives him his astrological sign, I think. Yeah, I just guesses like his, you know, birth month very much. Oh, which... by the way, Arnold's birthday was a few days ago, I think. So happy birthday to Arnold, sixty eight. Awesome. He's still making movies. Like a champ. Probably has another maid 
Hmm? Oh. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Then again, Arnold has had good luck. He has great luck in Total Recall. 1990. Oh, yeah. All the time. Including with Quato. Because he tells him to start the reactor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you were really creeped out by the Quato thing. He was, like... He is a little creepy. He reminded me of that, uh... What was the thing in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The, like, creepy little dude in the... Krang? Stomach. Krang, yeah. The pink guy who looks like chewing gum? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Krang. That's what Quato looks like, to some extent. I mean, not quite as, like, pink and weird, but <laughs> the whole, like... Some weird, like, twin out of someone's stomach. Yeah, pretty close. But he's psychic. What was Crank's superpower if he had one? He was smart. Creepy? Was that it? That was his superpower, yeah. He, he was like some evil interdimensional warlord who could build the Technodrome and shit like that. Yeah. He wasn't really a developed character, you know? Yeah, I, maybe he was more developed in my mind when I watched the show when I was, you know, four or five. But yeah, eh. in, in reality, he's not really a developed character. Well, that's too bad. I know, but <laughs> not everybody's an undeveloped character. Quado's pretty developed. Yeah, well, I just like him because he looks like he belongs to all the weird, fucked up mutant shit on Mars, and he isn't shown just to show some weird mutant shit. Yeah, I just kind of wish they would show they would show more, like, weird mutant stuff. They, like, show the the weird psychics. They showed Quato. But then they showed the one taxi driver's hand that looked like some, like, weird alien, like, appendage or something. Yeah. And I thought they'd go more into that kind of. Like, as far as, like, oh, there's, like, really fucked up looking aliens that, like, don't even look humanoid to that extent. But it was just, like, hey, I've got a creepy little arm and four kids. Wait, five. He doesn't have any kids. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I know. What a, what a shocker. I know, right? <laughs> also, in this movie, I think that it, one of the things that can definitely be said about it is that it's like an 80s movie, the last 80s movie, action sci-fi. Because mm -hmm. it, was, it was created in the late 80s and came out in 1990. Yeah. So it has like all the, the good shit that you expect from an 80s sci-fi action movie, the insane villain deaths. Throwing yeah. Mr. Richter's arms down to him off the elevator. Yeah. All the, the macho super violence. When did uh, RoboCop come out? Is it after this movie? Or? It's uh, like 1987. Yeah, it was before this. Okay. I was just going to say, like, all the ones that came out at the tail end of the 80s and early 90s all sort of had that crazy, like, over-the-top violence in some scenes. Yeah. It's nice. good. It's interesting because they're almost, they're a critique of themselves pretty much very self-aware movies yeah and I, I like that aspect because like i guess with total recall 2012 it's like sort of has more the vibe of uh kind of just they had action scenes but it never felt like whoa or like you never felt like anybody was in jeopardy it was just like oh this looks real like you know neat and tidy and whoa the car crash like and then they got out just fine and no blood and yeah, neon there's, lights. There's no chaos. Yeah. Neon lights. Neon lights. Neon lights. What are you talking about there? Well, Total Recall 2012 is just full of neon lights and like flashy stars, prequel looking shit. I mean, I was mainly thinking back to that one car chase in 2012, but. Oh, I'm just thinking of the movie overall. It seems okay. to have like a lot of just throwing neon lights in your face. and The 2012 This design. is the future. Looks like they took, they just took Blade Runner and mashed it up with Minority Report. I mean, yeah, just seems like standard. Like, oh, this is how the future looks. Well, yeah. wasn't it a good version of Blade Runner? Because like, no, they tried to copy it, but they added too much of the like, kind of Apple future looking stuff. Like everything's like smooth and whatnot. But then they have like you know Australia, and it looks kind of shitty like Blade Runner, but it's like still nice looking yeah oh, but whatever like colin farrell's apartment is fucking huge and he's supposed to be some like poor factory worker and his apartment's like bigger than my house so yeah and 
well, I mean, we kind of got off topic talking about the 2012 one, but the main resource they said at the very start of the movie, it's like, there's no space left. And then he has this giant fucking apartment. Yeah. That could be like four apartments if they really needed space. Yeah. Let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about how the settings fit the movies then. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think Total Recall 1990 setting fits a lot of what you see in the story much better than Total Recall 2012, which has it's going for like this semi-dystopia thing where people are downtrodden and work in giant factories and blah, 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 whatever, but it all looks pretty clean and nice and everybody seems to have infinite space to explore. Yeah, it, it just seems like the 2012 one tried to sell itself as like, oh, this like, evil controlling government future like 1984 style mm. but you don't really ever see that it's like the people are like oh man we have to go in you know the fall again sucks why do we have to work in factories sucks well there's a there's a setting thing i i find strange is that both places are controlled by mr cohagen mm-hmm. to you know a great extent in the one movie in 1990 his plan Makes sense. Yeah, because he has, you know, a resource of creating and recycling air on this planet. Right. He's got his air income, and then he's just shipping the turbidium out for apparently a lot of money. Yeah, to fund some more effort on Earth. So, so he's got his shit all figured out. Mm-hmm. Mr. Cohagen in 2012 is like, you know, special. I'm trying to remember <clears throat> since I watched this, we watched this movie last week. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what his whole deal was. Like, why did he want to invade? Or he was setting up... I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Because there was a bomb on a passenger train at the start of the movie. He wanted more space. So he was trying to um, come up with a reason why he needed to invade the colony to reestablish order Right. So he was doing all these false flag operations or something. <laughs> Should the people in the colony come to build the robots that he's going to use to invade the colony for some reason? That's why this <clears throat> plot in this movie sucks so bad. Well, also, it's like, why does he need to use the fall thing? Which is a really, I don't know, I don't really like that concept at all, but why does he need to use that thing? to invade the colony when it's clearly they have airships and they have, you know, sea ships and stuff. He could just send an army around the world with, like, gas masks on or something and just invade. Well, he doesn't even need to do that. He can send a robot army controlling, you know, an entire ship or whatever. That's right. That's right. And just send it across the world, and then it could land in the colony, and it would be, like, an invasion. Not, like, through the most populated point in the city. Yeah, and when... Like the why the reason why he decides to lead the invasion personally makes no s- seems sense. like a really dumb idea, and they clearly just did it so he could have a boss battle with Colin Farrell in the end. Yeah, and that really bothered me because, at least in this movie, you know, he doesn't like. I like Brian Craxton, but he doesn't really play as well as you know in this movie as he does Heisenberg. So he doesn't really seem like, ah, scary. No, whenever he has hair, he's Malcolm's dad. Yeah, exactly. That's it. (laughs) I I just imagine him him, like doing this goofy shit, like, you know, doing like roller skating or something like that. And I don't know. And I think seriously, he's probably approaching like the highest paid cameo actor in history because he was hardly in this movie again. He was really only in it in the last fourth like actively when he's not on like a computer screen or something. Yeah, because throughout the movie, I was thinking like he was just going to be that sort of, he was going to be really out of it. Like you just see him on the, you know, news reports or whatever, like, ah, oh, we have to stop these terrorists, like rah, rah, rah. And then like he starts showing up in the movie more. I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. Why is he showing up now? Why does he even need to be here? Because he can just get some robot or a goon to shoot a gun for him. Like, what is special about him unless he has such an ego that he needs to do it himself? 
I think that's what they're trying to get at, but it, it they don't sell it to you very well because it doesn't you don't get a sense that he has like this huge obnoxious ego uh in all the preceding events in the movie. You you only understand that he's very um very smart and calculating. I didn't really get the sense he was but a huge obnoxious douchebag. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's what they kinda of sell him is like he's supposed to be smart and calculating, but he tries to lead the invasion himself and does all this shit that he could just get a robot to do since the robots are like right, shown right. to have some sort of like independence that yeah, he has like, that ninja give bot. him a general task like oh go chase down you know fuck i can't remember the actor's name Colin Farrell yeah Colin Farrell like go chase down Colin Farrell it's not like you have to program like okay jump over this box and then like turn left and then right it's like when he has the ninja oh. robot that that fights Colin Farrell in in the end, and the ninja robot seems like it can do a lot of extra independent things that the normal police bots can't do, that could have been his command robot, his forward command robot, like commanding the other robots. I don't know. Or Kate Beckinsale was on the the fall thing the whole time they were invading too. Like she seemed pretty capable. She could have commanded his robot troops while he waited. And again, it's like. This was made in 2012. It's not like the idea of remote control robots was so removed since, I mean, there were, you know, there are, there were and still are like drone strikes where people are flying stuff out of like a command center in Nevada in Afghanistan, like bombing targets or something like that. So it's not like it'd be so crazy in a movie to be like, have some robot operator sitting in England, like, boop, boop, boop. Hey, we killed Colin Farrell. Yay. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Still, like no, well, and the whole idea of this fall thing, ah, that's so it's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. It really is. <laughs> I don't see how you can drill a big hole through one side of the earth to the other. I mean, it sounds like it just sounds stupid. Like, eh, hey, I'm gonna dig my way to China or something, and like you drill. Yeah, a hole it really the seems Earth's like core. a seven-year-old's <laughs> yeah. idea for like, oh no, the world is like you know polluted and stuff. I know how we can fix it. Let's drill a giant hole, like, right? So and we can like they're eat. bitching about space this whole movie, and yet they figured out a way to tunnel down to the Earth's core. Why don't they have like underground settlements or something, or you know, live in underground cities? Are they afraid of like the mole people or? Yeah. It, okay. It, I, I guess they are. <laughs> the, you know, the, the reptiloids or whatever down there? Yeah. The reptiloids, yeah. <laughs> like from the Dolce Wars. The Dolce Wars? Oh, boy. Uh, you're going to have to help me a little bit, Grant. I can't remember. Is it a security guard or a scientist who used to work there? This is that. What I is think it? it was a security guard, which okay. <laughs> makes it even <laughs> less believable. There's <laughs> a security guard who alleges who used to work at, I think, Area 51 or something. Yeah. And alleges that there is, a, or the Dolce testing range in New Mexico or something like that. And he alleges there's like a, a cabal of military and aliens working together and reptiloids. Like greys and reptiloids and humans are working in these laboratories and everything. And he was assigned to do security with like a low class reptiloid who was, you know, red and stunted. And they had uh, flat, quote unquote, flashers that were looked like flashlights, but they could disintegrate you with one little, you know, flash. And the Denver, the, I think the Denver International Airport is where all the missing children in the world are stored in big cages underground. That's right. And the murals yeah. in the airport are designed to tell you the story if you can find the clues in them, right? And the children are, are shipped out using the Dolce network to like all the, the underground hyper rail network between all the secret alien bases. What, why do they want the missing children? To eat them. The reptiloids like them. Oh. So that's the price of, I guess, working with the reptiloids. You need to feed them missing children. So that's where all the missing children are, everybody. How did it become a war, though? Wasn't it like that some guy accidentally used his flasher on another guy and disintegrated him, so they all started firing at each other? I don't know, there's some... I just, like, wonder if, like, there's, like, some, like, counter-conspiracy by the government to, like, plant these batshit crazy people that are just, like, you know, there's, like, something more, you know, benign, like, oh, man, like, you know, there's, like, crazy tax fraud going on at the IRS or something like that. Like, nobody listens to that guy because there's, like, reptoid, gray, missing children guy spouting shit. I don't know. 
I'll post a link in the description so everybody can read up on the general summary. But I think thinking back the way it, it went wrong is that there was a, a political conflict between the greys and the reptiloids and the humans were being played in between and they were having a lot of pressure from the greys who were offering their better technology. But the reptiloids, you know, were the first inhabitants of Earth, so we had to be nice to them to make sure that they didn't, you know, try and fuck us up for taking over their planet. I know, a lot to digest. <laughs> anyway, the whole idea of the fall uh, is retarded. Well, like the Daltrey Awards, yes. Yeah, the, yeah. the concept yes. is stupid. Yeah, and I just don't see, like, they say that, like, you, they curve around the Earth's core or something. They go right by it for some reason, or there's like. A I part would think it would be really, really hot down there, like enough to like. Well, melt not anything. only hot, it would be more than enough to crush. Yeah. Anything down there. Yeah, the pressure from the gravity, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's what I'm wondering, like, when there's a part in the middle where they they start to twist over, and there's the, like the big white light. Is that the core of the planet? Is that what they well, think they, it is? Well, they don't go through the core. They go around the side of the core, which, so what, again, makes no sense because it's not like... So what's the big light? Like, what's the big white light? It's supposed to be, like, I guess, hotter rock inside. Like, not necessarily the direct core, but, like... So that they're shooting through white hot magma? Yeah, pretty much, which makes no fucking sense. Liquid hot magma? <laughs> that are, like, the outside of the tunnel, I guess, maybe, like, so hot that... It's like turning, you know, white from the heat, but like eventually you'd think it'd start melting or something unless, you know, it has a ridiculously high melting point from some alloy, future alloy or something like that. Look, they could have said in this movie that somehow they invented like matter teleportation and just had one system to do it back and forth and it would have been more believable than sending like a bullet through the Earth's core, giant bullet through the Earth's core with people on it. Twice a day. Yes. That definitely would have been more believable, and it would have probably, well, it wouldn't have played as well in the action sequence that's completely unbelievable when they're crawling all over the outside like it's a goddamn train or something. Right. Going like, you know, tens of thousand miles per hour. Yeah, couldn't, somehow they don't get, uh, they can climb up the ladder when that's happening. They don't get blown off or their heads explode instantly because of the, the velocity, right? Yeah, just that whole... I just don't get how they would come up with such an awful idea for something like that. Like, they look at Total Recall 1990, and it's like, oh, hey, Mars. Hey, you know, memory implants. You know, psychics. Creepy Quado guy. Let's make the fall. That's an idea that will be on par with this. It's like... Money. I, I guess, but like, you could have just remade the old movie with all the same aspects of going to Mars and whatnot, but you have this fall and it's just seems like really dumb and bad. They don't go to Mars in this movie, which is like a central point of Total Recall. Well, I mean, really the central point in my mind is like the fact that, you know, Quaid is playing with this idea of being a secret agent and it's not necessarily central to the theme that or kind of maybe but that he needs to go to mars it's just the fact that he's playing out this you know dream or whatever of being a secret agent whether you're or not it's take real or not all the time to recycle all of the stuff you remember from 1990 why do you then just leave mars out I'm not saying it's a good idea i really the only they were really treating the colony as Mars kind of in this movie, just as far as like transporting from there to there. Right. Yeah. I guess the Mars stand in. So they have like the other place to define the other, the previous one against, but it sucks. Yeah. Stupid. I'm not like, why would you go through all that heartache and just not go to Mars? Cause then you can do anything you want, but you have to come up with this weird poison gas that covers the rest of the planet, but doesn't move in the wind. And apparently, presumably, ruins living there. But, but not it, entirely, because there are sometimes right. small settlements outside of... But not totally. There are the little free settlements sometimes, because, I, I don't know. Reasons. But you have to come up with all this convoluted shit to explain your dumbass elevator story, when you can just say, oh, they went to Mars. 
30 second CG shot done. Or you could have just made it like a space elevator to like a colony outside of Earth, and that would have been like just as cool or better. A skyhook, yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Is that, that a skyhook though? I thought it was a space elevator if they have like a giant like. Also, I'm thinking of Star Wars. That's what they call the space stations that are tethered to the planets with space elevators. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We don't really have a name for them yet because we haven't managed to do that, but I'm sure we'll come up with one. I'm trying to think of something that had them, but I don't know. It's going to be the Papa John's Presents Space Elevator. I thought, or did 2001 have a space elevator? Or am I... No, I don't, the, I don't think they did. I don't remember a space elevator. They okay. had like a shuttle that went up to the, the moon base, the Clavius base. Okay. I'm thinking of some other movie I can't remember the name of right now, but yeah, whatever. We're all familiar with space elevators, a giant elevator that goes into space. Well, yeah, giant like <laughs> carbon tube that like tethers to like some position in orbit that is stationary. What is it? Fuck. Or it stays, what is the thing called when it's like stays above a certain point? Geosynchronous orbit? Yes, it goes up to a geosynchronous orbit. It just like rotates. With Gently the, in the wind. Mm -hmm. You go up there, you can ship stuff up the elevator, then you can throw it to the moon really cheap. I mean, assuming after the initial cost of the space elevator. Right. It's a long-term savings. Yeah. But that would have been cooler for this movie to have that. Oh, yeah. Than a giant elevator through the Earth's core that takes people back and forth to a robot factory where they build robots that are capable of building other robots. Yeah, that's that's what I wonder. Why do the people even have jobs when the robots are clearly capable and have enough dexterity to do all those factory jobs themselves? And faster. Yes. Maybe they had protesters. Like, it was, you know, Master Ryan 3. Like, they were protesting the fact that Fuck that game. That you're building robots to replace their jobs. And it's like, no, stop this. Are you, wait, wait, wait. Like, Are you talking about Master of Orion 2 or 3? 3. 3. three. Like three? When, when you were doing research, people didn't like, like, we don't like laser guns. So your research takes an extra eight oh, turns. Yeah. Another reason why that game was fucking horrible. You know, I, I couldn't even ever figure out how to get anything to work in that game. It was so yeah, what The, the trick was just to be really hands-off and click auto a lot and then just more kind of control your attack movements and just let the research and production do itself. But I'd never played it either. Crap. It's pretty bad. Yeah. You feel really good when you build your first fleet and then you realize that it's only an inner system fleet. doesn't have any interstellar power. So it just sits in your solar system and orbits around you, just chilling. <laughs> and then you colonize another system and some fuck there is like, oh, our taxes are too high, so I'm making my own empire. Was that the game that had the, the like all the alien races as sock puppets, or was that Star Control 3? Okay, it was, it was Star, Star Control, Control 3. <laughs> Again, a game you shouldn't play, but Star right. Control 2 is good. But I don't think they would have had protests about that here. It's but like, what are you going to do? You're going to protest Kohagen like, hey, robots are taking our jobs, but the like, only jobs on the planet are to come to the factory. So it's like, hey, fuck you guys. Get back in the elevator. We're just going to turn off the elevator. Bye. Yeah, you're going to starve. Bye. See you later. What are they going to do? Swim to the other side and <laughs> get angry? Like Swim to the other side? Like, What do you mean? You're going to go through the green goblin gas that's apparently all over the world except for Australia and Britain? Oh, yet again, too. Why don't they just build um, living habitats underwater? They have all that ocean, the entire Earth. Sea Lab 2021? Yeah. And the technology because they can go through the Earth's core. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like pressure is a big deal to them, apparently. They can yeah. build giant domes underwater, probably. Exactly. And that would have been cool. That would have been interesting. Maybe. See, that's why the, the, the 1991 with Arnold is just such a great movie and so much better, because they don't have these dumb ideas in there that leave you questioning the science and trying to okay. poke holes through yeah. it. Well, they had some um, dumb ideas, you know, like... The aliens building a giant reactor to convert all of the air to oxygen on the the Mars planet. Like, that's just kind of ridiculous. But it makes sense in the setting of that movie because it doesn't take itself seriously in the first place. Whereas the 2012 one kind of does. 
So when you have these like big dumb ideas, you can't just like kind of wave them off being like, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Whereas like the Arnold one, they have like eyes popping out of their heads. So it's like, you know, I don't even care that that doesn't actually happen that way on Mars, but you know, whatever. Well, to me, that is, that reinforces the story because I think like the whole premise is that you don't know really that it's a dream from recall or whether this is really happening to him and he really was a secret agent and just the whole like gonzo over the top violence and these crazy like tech things like the alien reactor and all that. Mm -hmm. I think that serves to not confuse me, but kind of deepen that question. If you're watching that movie even more like, Oh, these things are so unbelievable. Is this a dream or is it really happening to him? It just makes that question that much more salient to you. Whereas the 2012, they already established there's this big, dumb fall idea prior to even going into the dream. So it's right. like, you're not even questioning, like, is that part real or not? It's like, you're just saying, oh, that's dumb, versus like, oh, are there actually aliens on Mars, or is it like something like that got made up? Because really, you know, Quaid was saying right before he, you know, did the total recall treatment, like he was... And like, oh, yeah, aliens, that sounds like a cool thing to have a secret agent do. Yeah. So, like, when that pops up in the movie, it's like, huh, is this real or not? Because it's kind of hard to tell at that point. And in in the Arnold version, you know, Molina's, like, the exact description that mm-hmm. he gave at Recall. Like, you know, I like the sleazy brunette. Or yeah. <laughs> well, I think that really just, like, I know, I think, was it Arnold or the director that said, like, oh, it actually was all real? The but director. Like, Oh, it was the director? It was the director, yeah. I think Arnold says it too in his DVD commentary. Which is fucking golden, by the way. Like, if you haven't seen that, Greg. I haven't. Oh, oh really? Oh, I haven't. It's, it's awesome. I don't think I have the special edition of it. I just look it up somewhere. It's. I would almost want to pause it right now just to show Grant. Anyway, where, where were we? All right, that was really funny. Thanks for showing me that. That makes me love Arnold even more. Yeah. <laughs> so I put in the chocolate. <laughs> I put in the chocolate, and they think I'm over there because I give it to the rat. <laughs> I love that line. Consider that a divorce. Kicking the ball like, ah, ouch. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah, but that actually reminded me of some of, like, I don't know, just the ridiculousness of the, the first movie because, like, there was that one scene where he used the hologram to, like, you know, trick the people and then shoot at them. Ah, yeah, you think this is the real Quaid? It is. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, like, just that scene, it's, like, completely unbelievable if it wasn't taking itself... If it wasn't taking itself not seriously already. Yeah. Because, like, they had the people, like, shooting at the hologram. It's like, they would have gone through the hologram and hit each other. But instead, it, like... He just like turns around, laughs, and like walks away in the hologram, and then like oh haha, and like then shoots them all, which is like <laughs> they just sort of all like at the same time like spin and fall. Yeah, I I don't know what it's like. They just can't or won't make movies like this anymore. It's like people they oh, they, it seems they've like lost that finesse. But, have to take themselves seriously, right? At this they, point, it's either you're completely gonzo and retarded, or you have to take yourself really seriously and have like the chorus and the background and everything. Well, and, Actually, I kind of take that back. They have some action movies that are, like, completely off the ball, but they don't even have, like, some core theme like this, like, you know, Sharknado or some dumb shit like that. Yeah. Which are, like, you know, just, like, dumb... Concept movies. It's action movies, if you can even call them that. But, like... I, I just think, like, stuff like Sharknado, like, I would classify it as, like, a concept movie. I mean, because they're, like, B-movies to begin with, and, like, there is no movie without, you know, oh, sharks flying around in the tornado, and it's just, there's no real plot. It's just people reacting to that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no movies that are being made anymore that are kind of goofy, but still have, like, some sort of, like, deeper, like, question... Yeah, well, I mean, it helps that the source material for this was really good. I mean, the Philip K. Dick story, so... Mm -hmm. I think if you're basing it off good sci-fi work, it you get a good director like this, makes it really easy to to play a good story with that kind of over-the-top action. Yeah. You you still get confusion sometimes. 
What are you talking about there? Like your hologram. The You talked about the hologram emitter a few minutes ago. And the one scene, the guys don't shoot each other through it. But in another scene, in that same section of the movie, they do kill each other shooting through it. Yeah, which, again... It doesn't happen anymore. But that's, that's funny. Yeah, it just... That's why I really think that, like, despite the director and Arnold saying, like, oh, it was actually real, it just doesn't seem real still. Just because of all those, like, weird inconsistencies, like, I thought those added to the plot more so. But that's so cool how it ends and it doesn't re- it doesn't tell you. Like, she says, you know, kiss me before we wake up then or something. And I really like that, having the ability you know, as the viewer to be able to make my own choice about whether I thought it was real or not. Like, I agree with Arnold. I think it really happened. Whereas in the 2012 one, they make it pretty clear that the whole thing is a dream. Yeah. The tattoo on the arm and all that, and, like, he doesn't have it in the end. They go out of their way. Yeah, they go out of their way to tell you that it's a dream. You see the recall, the neon recall sign, Mm -hmm. which I don't like. I don't like having the choice taken away from me. That's one of the good things about the first one. They just... They don't wrap it up neatly. I don't like that. Re- like recall as a hipster hangout in this new one. Oh, with like the the bamboo floorboards and all. Bamboo floorboards. <laughs> and Sulu is Sisu, the guy like, in charge. Everything right, and... glowing in neon with faux hawks and plastic clothes with vinyl hats and just weirdo shit. And then they inject glowing goo in you, and that gives you a memory somehow. Yeah. yeah, I prefer the recall from the first movie where it's it's kind of just like a normal, really boring, gray office space. Like, this is so routine that, you know, there's no reason for us to differentiate ourselves like that. We just have a nondescript office because what we do is just, it, it's not supposed to cause any problems, right? It's not special. It looks well, like a really shitty supposed, travel agent. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like it was supposed to be like a travel agent's office. I haven't even seen a travel agent anymore, but... They don't or really like, exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like just a doctor's office, like because it really, I really got the feeling that it was like kind of like a doctor's office. Like you may, you know, talk with somebody at work, like, "Hey, I, I'm thinking about going to this, you know, so and so doctor," and it's like, "Oh man, that guy's a total asshole." Like you know, he fucked up, you know, checking, you know, something in my throat, and now I don't have my tonsils anymore or something. I don't know. <laughs> like that just seemed like the type of thing that they were talking with. Uh, you know, Quaid was talking with his uh, construction buddy about, like, oh, don't go to recall. Like, they fucked up, you know, my friend's head or something like that. Yeah. So it, it really seemed like routine, kind of like a doctor's office or, like, travel agent or whatever. Whereas in the 2012 one, don't you have to... It looked like a fucking drug den or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you have to go looking for recall, even though they have signs everywhere, apparently. Like, he had to go in the worst part of town, right? And then he had to, like, go through the secret door or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of the... Uh, I don't think you're going to find many fans of that. It looks like, honestly, the recall looks like an opium den. Yeah. yeah. Is what it looks like their decoration is, and that's really stupid, in my opinion. It's just a forgettable movie in almost every way. I mean, the acting... Kate Beckinsale can't act. I'm just going to say it. She can't. She doesn't hold a candle to Sharon Stone. They're playing the same character. And Colin Farrell, I mean, it just seems like he doesn't really react to much in the movie. He has kind of like a range, a very narrow range in this movie, whereas Arnold's kind of all over the place. And you sympathize with his character. Whereas Colin Farrell's kind of just phoning it in. Colin Farrell's not the person I would have picked for this. All right, and then the Quato guy. In the 2012 one, the Quato type guy, he's in the movie for like two minutes, and he doesn't do anything. Whereas he wasn't even like mysterious like Quato, right? Right. It's just like no, that, the one girl's dad, Alina's dad, was it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah he was some fucking guy. It was just like, hey, I'm the leader of the resistance, and then it's like, pew pew, you're dead. Yeah. Whereas in the 1991 Quato, right? He was only in it for like five minutes there too, but. He gave Quaid like this turning point insight that kind of propelled the last third of the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was important. Whereas, you know, the Quato guy in 2012, uh, he just gets killed. Was he actually called Quato in? No, I think he had a different name. And, and you know, I like Jessica Beale too. She's fine. But again, like, 
she really doesn't add anything to this movie. I mean, she saves Colin Farrell once when they're on the highway, and then... I don't think I need them to add anything to the movie. Really. Like, you you could have just made, like, it a DreamWorks movie, and it would have been fine. Yeah. As voice actors. You could have made this movie up with sock puppets. <laughs> CGI just, sock puppets. Put them in a foil-covered box and throw them down the stairs. That's the fall. It's... Maybe you can get Mr. Plinkett to do a review of it. I, I Great, that would be awesome if they did a review of it, but this movie is just bizarre. It really is. And I, I don't see why. I more Cop Dog movies to review, though. So. This is worse than Cop Dog, though. <laughs> this is a horrible movie. Anybody who likes Total Recall 2012 over 1990. I don't think there's anybody out there it, that could look at those two movies and say, like, I like. Oh, oh, I am sure there's a lot of kids in high school right now who don't even know the Arnold version exists and they've seen this one. They're like, uh, Total Recall, what's that? That sucks. Well, okay, that's different because they never saw the, the 91. Like, if you find someone that has seen both of them. And they say... Oh, like, sure, yeah. If they've seen both of them, there's no... Like, if they choose the 2012 one, there's there's something mentally wrong with them. Yeah, they they, need, to, they need, like need to be institutionalized. They up their nose and, like, spun around. Yeah. Or, like, they're just awful people. They're, like... Right. They need to have, like, some kind of... Now i got to bleep that out. <laughs> but, yeah. Do you like 2012 more than 1990? I, I don't even know, a walk in traffic or something. That's a good prescription. <laughs> but I don't think anybody listening will need to do that, hopefully. No, our listeners are all intelligent, discerning people who know the difference between a movie with sets and one that was filmed in someone's garage with some green sheets. Are you talking about episode one right now? No, I'm talking about Total Recall 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's easy to make the mistake. <laughs> But I will give George Lucas credit for episode one in that he actually did travel to locations and then put up green screens. Now, granted, that changed all green screens in episode two, but he did it at least once, and he did it for the original Star Wars movies. Total Recall 2012 traveled to someone's garage where they had cardboard and green sheets stapled to the wall, and it's okay. Colin, there's a robot in front of you. Take this drill we spray-painted. Oh, it's a little styrofoam ball represents the robot, right? And it's like, okay, react to that. Right. React to it. <laughs> like what? some guy in it's a, a cat little suit fucking star- it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little styrofoam ball. Like, what, how do you write? And he reacts to it like it's a styrofoam ball in the movie. He has no range. That's what, that's what I was saying. And you're right. It's like he reacts to all the threats like they're little styrofoam balls. Like, whoa. See, I always thought, like, in those instances, it would still be, like, at least a guy in a suit. Like, you know how they had golem in a suit yeah so like the actors could actually like look at him and like he's doing the lines all creepy like so i don't see why they just wouldn't you know they didn't have like up close that many robots in the film they could have just made the robots people in suits but they decided to make them straight cgi cheaper yeah well it really isn't though because cgi is not cheap exactly I think it's probably more cost-effective for them than hiring that many extras and paying them union wages. I think it'd be close, honestly. I'll bet you it's cheaper. There's no other reason they'd do it. <laughs> there's, there's no other reason you would do something like that. I think the reason they do it is so they get that, you know, smooth-looking future rather than the, like, jagged-looking Blade Runner future so they can have that divide between the colony and, you know... Britain or whatever it's called, not the colony. Yeah, but you don't need to... I'm not saying make everything practical. I don't want... Uh, What's-his-face? Anton First is... No, that's the guy who made the Batmobile. Whoever designed Gotham in the 1989 Batman. I don't need four blocks of the city. I don't care about that. I just mean the robots and stuff. Like The only reason you do that is because it's cheaper. Uh, it's it's hot. Everything is crunched down to the amount of pennies it costs to fill a bowl of peanuts at the craft services table. That's probably true in the sense of this movie, but I'm sure there are other movies where they actually make a decision between like CGI and people in suits on the basis that, oh, we want to have a certain look and feel. 
Oh, yeah, like Avatar. Like, I don't think you could accomplish that without CGI. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you're having human-sized robots, I agree with Grant. Why not just put some people in robot suits? And not, like, to me, it's not a cost thing. It's quality thing. Just I want, I would want my actors to be able to react to something real. Because we saw how well that worked out in the Star Wars prequels when you don't really have anything to act against. Or even when you do, like when Jar Jar's there. Oh, yeah. Fucking guy wearing the Jar Jar thing on his head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he has the Jar Jar, the, the one-way mirror visor, he, so they can't look him in the eye. So they, it's the more like they're looking at the puppet's eyes. Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgot about all of that. Um, yeah. Heck, squeeze me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Jar Jar. Yeah, I was. I always hope when he shoots his tongue out at the table when they're having dinner at Anakin's place to get the apples that Qui-Gon would just grab his tongue and take the meat cleaver and chop his tongue off. <laughs> go, oh! go a really dark direction there and just like... Absolutely. I just hope somebody from the Imperial Guard shot him in the Senate later, just took him to an office and killed him. Yeah, he, he probably died. I don't really like seafood, but I definitely would go for that if Jar Jar were being served. You'd eat Gungan? I would, yeah. <laughs> what are they supposed to be? Like, what do you think they would taste like? Frog, probably? Frog, Frogs, probably. yeah. yeah. Okay. Frog legs. French people like those. Have a pretty good Gungan market. Okay. Jar Jar's awful. He's, you know, but he's better than Colin Farrell. I cannot agree with that. I'm going to stick right by there. that. Jar Jar is better than Colin Farrell in 2012 Total Recall. Ow! That is... I at, don't know, man. At least you remember Jar Jar, even if you hate him. Even if you hate the fact you remember, you hate the memory. You Colin... can't say that, like, because somebody made an impression in you that they are better. Like, I've met plenty of, like, assholes through my life, and they've made an impression on me. I, like, still remember them, that I hate them. And I, there are plenty of nice people. Like, I'm sure last week there was somebody nice at the grocery store I went to, and they didn't make an impression on me, but I think they are better than assholes that i know but you're using that in the context of like a morality scale a morality judgment you're making about other people i'm saying a better character like one who has more depth and backstory and you get a better sense of why they're taking their actions or just movies in general okay, like yes, if it, in that yeah. sense yes i can understand that yeah. jar jar is a better developed character than That's what i'm saying Bell. he's a better character than douglas quaid of 2012 total recall because he's annoying you hate him but at least you sort of get why he's doing what he's doing douglas quaid is like Colin Farrell's got the fucking script on his e-reader and is just checking that in between all the scenes. Why did Jar Jar go to Tatooine with him? Uh, he wanted a free ride. He got exiled from uh, the Gungan city. Why Ooh. didn't he just stay on Naboo? No, because he couldn't because he got exiled from Ota Gunga. Yeah, he got exiled, but he and was so just wandering he, around the woods. Right, but he, because the droids were there. He stayed with the Jedi to stay safe. And they said, okay, fine, we'll fucking talk. And he also offered to guide them through the, the planet core. Yes, that was all in Naboo, though. I don't yeah. see why they couldn't just say, like, all right, fucker. Like, well, they could have, but stay on Naboo. George Lucas wanted to, you know, have like, Sell you, more you need Jar Jar to have, Jar dolls. Right, you need to have something there okay. to get the kids interested. No, Jar Jar has to make it to Tatooine to get his tongue caught in the laser binder thing between the pod racer pods. That's his only purpose. I can't remember if he did anything else on the planet, so it's not like I can disagree with that. So He lost his, his wrench in a hole and put his arm in there when Anakin was trying to start the pod racer. That was funny, and they got his right? Face. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I agree with you generally yeah. that I'd rather... you know, If a movie's really, really bad and I hate it, it is more memorable than a very bland, forgettable mm. movie like Total Recall 2012. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's movies that are absolutely horrible, some of which we have talked about, that have a stronger impression in my mind than this movie. You know what? This is like the, the RoboCop remake. Yeah, it, it is. It came out, and people saw it, and then it's kind of just like... It just sanitizes everything that was great about the original, which is... I don't know PG why they feel like... Too? Huh? Was this PG-13 too? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, okay, that explains yeah. a lot. That's... I mean, that's my big gripe, too, is that they, when they remake these movies, they just completely make them bloodless and sanitized. Was yeah. the original R rating? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, God, yes. There was three boobs, yeah. 
Yeah, there was like uh, triple-breasted hookers and midgets with machine guns and mutants and... I forgot about those minor details. Arnold kicking people in the balls and shooting people with lots of blood packs. Killing Danny DeVito's brother. Yeah. <laughs> his brother? Yeah. It's Billy, not really his Billy brother. Billy <laughs> it's oh, not... <laughs> that guy. Okay, I remember. Yeah. It's not really his I, brother. I, I, I know. I just call him Billy DeVito because he does look his like him. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a fatter Danny DeVito, and he's just way more Italian. He, yeah. Especially in uh, Die Hard 2. Good movie, Justin. You need to watch it. I know you have anathema for 80s movies, but... Uh, again, it's one of those movies I've seen on TV, but... You know, watch the whole thing through, the whole R rating, and enjoy that, and put it on at Christmas time. It's a great Christmas movie. I've heard that, yeah. So is the first one. Yeah. Only the third Die Hard is not a good Christmas I movie. I think Die Hard is probably the best Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know that means nothing to you because you like Total Recall 2012 better. Oh, yeah. It's uh, going to my top 10. No. If there are only 10 movies I could erase forever, this wouldn't be one of them. But if there were like 100, I'd probably put it on the list. Now, this movie is, is going to, it's going to go into my short-term memory and then it's going to be deleted promptly in a couple months when I move on to other things. Yeah, like Robocop. That's exactly bizarre that they remade these two movies and then... Like, I was actually having trouble remembering points of this movie Yeah. before I came here. And it's been a week. Because it had been a week, and I'm like, wait, there was something, like a dream with the girl, but it didn't really make any sense. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. Yeah, exactly. It's total shit. So I guess it's our conclusion. And then, do we want to stick with what we, unless you have something else to say? Right, the few about the movies. Nothing else to say about this movie, other no. than that I love the 1990 version. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I do too. The 90, yeah. So we're sticking with Doom for next week. Yeah, we can. The Rock. The Rock. Did we figure out if we're going to watch a second one with it or? No. Okay. So it'll be a mystery. Just focus on Doom. Yeah. I mean, we could just <laughs> pull another rock movie. Like, Sci-fi rock movies. Uh. Hmm. Was the one that was based on a video game? Doom. Kind of sci-fi, Butcher's Bay or something. Riddick. Oh, oh that yeah, it was Riddick. Is the yeah. Rock in that? I thought I thought the Rock was in that. And Vin Rock Diesel's in that. Oh, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, check us out on Twitter. Uh, leave an iTunes review. Check out superhighsci-fi.com, and everybody help Justin remember what movies are called. 